0: Hello. Welcome to this week's episode of the Empowered Artists Collective Podcast. My name is Jennifer Apple. And this week I talked to Tiana Tooks, a co-founder, co-chief executive officer, and board chair of LGBT Plus VC, a global nonprofit dedicated to advancing LGBTQ prosperity through business and tech investing. Tiana shares her journey and offers profound insights into the transformative power of venture capital, which if you were anything like me before the start of the conversation I had with Tiana, you're like, what is that? Don't worry, we break it all down. We also talk about confronting the often unspoken topics of privilege, politics and identity in the realm of finance, as well as the significance of community and collective power. We explore ways to give back, not just financially, but through our time, skills, and relationships by viewing ourselves as investors in all aspects of our lives, while embracing the notion that we are also artists shaping the world around us. We unpack the idea that money is a tool that can be harnessed for positive change, and it can empower us to take control of our destinies. We also speak about the intersection of art, money, and community, and how together it can create a more equitable, economic, and prosperous world for all. Enjoy. Tiana Tukes, hi. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so, so, so excited for this conversation. I don't know where it'll go. I am truly amped, but for anybody who does not know you, who are you today?
1: Today, my name is Tiana. I'm a survivor. I'm a leader. I'm a believer.
0: Ooh. Ooh. Okay. We just like, dropped, <laughs> <laughs> dropped some like big categorical title. I'm curious why, can I ask why those three today?
1: Those feel honest mm-hmm. and, and right now they capture how I'm feeling about myself. Yeah. Um, survivor in in so many words, I mean, so many ways, Like overcoming something and overcoming anything. So leader. I lead organizations, I lead a charity that's focused on economic prosperity for LGBTQ people. Um, and believer, I had a conversation with someone, I think last week or so, who, who kind of told me in so many ways, like you're a radical optimist. yeah. And I'm not owning that, that like, I Ooh. feel like a believer.
0: Ooh, I feel I've, I refer to myself as a realist and I, I'd be lying if I didn't say I feel like I'm envious of people who fall into the optimist category. <laughs> like I'm striving to mm-hmm. definitely lean more and embrace more into that part of myself. But for, some, for someone in your sphere to be like seeing that in you and calling that out versus even just like you feeling that initially and then projecting that out, I feel like it's such a wonderful thing because then it's like not only do you feel it, but also people are receiving what you're putting out. And it's this cyclical,
1: mm-hmm.
0: emotional, I guess, reflection.
1: Yeah, we always don't see ourselves the way other people yeah. see us. And sometimes it's really refreshing to meet someone, this person I don't really have a extensive relationship with, I had just met them. And I was telling them, that, telling them about the work I'm doing. And they told me like, wow, like what you're asking people to sign on to cause yes. for radical optimism. And I was like, I never, <laughs> I never thought Ooh. of it that way because that's just how I live my life. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> But it was yeah. helpful to get that
0: language. Especially from somebody who doesn't know you well. I again, that's yes. like it's just putting things like really in alignment with like, oh no, no, like really what I'm doing is actually being met the way that I'm hoping for it to be received. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like the validation in that without you seeking it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, validating all those titles. <laughs> Love that here. Yeah. What is the work that you do? And I'm going to have a lot of questions because yes. I feel like I won't fully understand it. And if I don't understand it, I can imagine many people in our artistic space would love to understand it further like myself.
1: Well, we so. have the time and the space to understand. Yes, we so do. Happy to, happy to explain. <laughs> um, I am the co-founder and co-chief executive officer for a charity. Um, the name of the charity is LGBTBC. We are the first not for profit organization in the venture capital industry. Um, focused on LGBTQ investors. What does that mean for everyone? That just means that we believe that economic prosperity is available and, and, and possible for all people through the transformative power of venture capital, through investing in the private markets, through investing in startups, early stage companies.
0: Amazing. How did you get into this work, first and foremost? Just like, I love an origin story so that we have context for somebody's drive and what they do in their career space.
1: You know, funny enough, I didn't always know I would end up in this space, but I think that life has a funny way to reveal itself. When I got into college in um, my first year, um, I thought I would be a writer. I thought I'd be an art historian, working at a gallery and and doing art history. Um, But as life would have it, I met a number of people, one of them being an ex-boyfriend, Um, who told me like, you know, very clearly Legally Blonde story of like, you're smart. (laughs) It's like, you're smart. Um, Why don't you try something else? (laughs) And I was, you know, I was doing journalism. I was doing quite well in it. And he was like, you might want to consider this because I'm an, I'm a person who is emancipated and estranged from their family of origin. So Mm -hmm. I've been responsible for myself for several years. And, and then at the horizon or approaching the horizon of graduation, I was like, I could be working at a large media company, being a producer or on air talent, making a certain amount of money, which is really like a difficult to live on, or yeah. I could potentially do another field. And this partner at the time was so generous and offered me a different path. And that was really wow. the beginning of exploring business, finance, and ultimately venture capital, because it was a series of fortunate events in which I met really important people who were queer people of color, black women, black lesbian women in particular who show me what was possible.
0: I love that even though, you know, like you're no longer with this partner, <laughs> there's still something so, I mean, the seed of the thing has mm-hmm. propelled you into who you are today and it just, for me, it's always a wonderful reminder that even if things may not go the way we want them, there's always like something to be gleaned <laughs> from, yes. from the lessons that we've learned even though they might be hard and you're like, Ugh, I had to go through that. But I hear that. For people who don't know what venture capitalism is. yes. Yes. Let's just please define.
1: <laughs> okay, venture business capital money, venture capital money for business. Really simple way to explain it, um, but in a very technical mm-hmm. technical definition for it, I would say that venture capital is within the private markets. So we most people know about the public markets. We're investing in stocks and bonds on the public listings, right? Buying shares of company, coming mm-hmm. through our investment broker's firm. Um, private markets, or as the name implies, are unavailable to the average investor, meaning you have to be an accredited or a sophisticated investor to invest in these this asset class. Um, different asset classes might include you know, private equity. People have heard of that. Probably a New York Times article about private equity firms buying movie theaters and retail malls, things like that. They've probably heard of hedge funds, which is also in private markets. Um, and they've also probably heard of arts, like art collections, people who collect large um, High price market art, art pieces. Those are all private in you know, the private markets or asset classes. But venture capital is distinct in that it really began in the some argue the 70s, like early 70s. That's when 1973, we're at the fifth-year anniversary of the NVCA, the National Venture Capital Association being formed. Um, that was really the onset of the of the industry itself. And it's just a business in which um, people are managing funds of high worth individuals and investing them into early-stage companies like, you know, Apple, Tesla, et cetera. The companies that you know today were once, um, even like there's a really yummy restaurant I, I love so much, Kava, which is venture-backed, yeah. you know? So yeah. like, so VC touches a number of companies and industries that, you know, a lot of people don't know.
0: So on your t- daily basis, do you work with individuals? Like if I were – I'm going to make up a scenario because I yeah. love an example. If I were like a, a billionaire, you work yeah. with me to take my assets and invest them into private spaces, not public spaces so that I can grow my my um, what do I call it? My like money bank? <laughs> like, <laughs> my assets? Well, well, I feel my, so or... lucky.
1: I feel so lucky to meet a billionaire. <laughs> Thank Someone. you so much. Same. <laughs> Me too. Well, Me hello. too. <laughs> and then if I am managing your money. Well, so as a not-for-profit, we do not manage funds. So okay. that's not our day-to-day mandate. We, we're, we're here to ex- to promote education and participation as a charity. We're not here to manage funds, but if I were a fund manager, if I were a te- traditional VC managing a fund, yes. yes, you might be a limited partner in my fund. You might you might deploy or you know grant me. We've signed an agreement, a limited partner agreement, which you are investing into the fund that I'm raising. And now I am responsible. I have a fiduciary responsibility to invest the money you've afforded me over a period of time and companies that i then source and decide to invest in
0: got it so in in the space that you're working with your charity if i yes. am still this gorgeous billionaire that yes. has graced this stream yard as you are um, thank you so much i will manifest this to really long <laughs> degrees if i am this billionaire and i come to your charity yes what is our working relationship or what am i hoping to get from you with this charity what are you hoping to get from me as a billionaire
1: well any billionaires watching your podcast they would know that Hope, they can yeah hopefully one they can donate and endow a number of our programs because we are again about education participation we have a number of educational programs for lgbtq youth the first of its kind focusing on college students we just brought on students from um, universities like Harvard, Baruch, and SUNY in New York, even Indiana University and Tufts. Additionally, we bring on LGBTQ um, high school youth in New York City. We partnered with the mayor's office actually for the inaugural NYC SYP Pride program. That is the summer youth employment program and it's the Pride group. Um, and we brought on a number of students from inner city, the Queens, the Bronx, to intern and learn about careers in finance, business, law, and tech at large. Um, and so, a philanthropist, a billionaire philanthropist would look to us and think, hmm, I I might want to try giving to organizations that will help diversify the fund managers of the future, because I myself have a vested interest in having a diverse portfolio. And so it's more a long game strategy because we are building infrastructure. Today in the VC industry, there's not really railways, bridges, anything for LGBTQ people to thrive. And I believe, and my co-founder Jackson, we believe that all LGBTQ people and all people at large should really strongly consider investing in private markets in the future, because historically, you know, we've invested in real estate and other assets, but real estate and private home ownership is really becoming out of reach for so many, but investing in an old stage company at a smaller check size, that might be a really opportune time for them to grow. Yeah. So let's,
0: I know we're jumping around a little bit because I feel like I want to like set the stage before we kind of dive into things that are more like on the emotional end of things. Mentioning the elephant in the room of like money and finances that people have a lot of, myself included, feelings around that things come up about worth and privilege and accessibility and resources and, and now we're not even just talking about like backgrounds and socioeconomics and I mean, identity and all the politics, all of the things. So I know when we mention money, we're talking about this, all of these things come into play. So I just wanna like name that in the room first and foremost and just like hold space for the fact that we're all coming to a conversation around, I guess, the umbrella of economics, money Mm -hmm. um, from different places. Um, And also just like note that as we continue going into this and I don't know where we're going with it, um, you know, that things may pop up for folks who are listening and so just like take care of yourself however you might need to. Um, And for you with this, how do you navigate folks who are maybe newer to talking about
1: it? I think about the interns we just had, um, many of them from lower income backgrounds, um, again, in communities like in the Bronx and in the Queens mm-hmm. where LGBTQ immigrant families, 1st their yeah. families to go to college or considering college, um, they had no prior experience of venture capital, even to business and finance. Um, but over the span of six weeks with us, they got a crash course in venture capital and finance and white collar professions at large. I think it's incumbent upon all people to to have a growth curve, a space of courage for themselves to first acknowledge that like, this is something that I don't know and it's wrong to be ignorant. It's yeah. okay to learn something new and also yeah. create and find the spaces that are welcoming and supportive. That I, I'll be the first to say, I as a black trans woman, as, the first um, Black transgender person to work in venture capital at a firm with a billion dollars asset under management. I know what yes, it's Yes, you like- did. <laughs> yes, you did, by the way. Like, I mean,
0: like, yes, you did.
1: <laughs> They're like, I know how difficult it is to be yeah. the first and the only in a room. Yeah. And I think you have to, grow Teflon skin, certainly, um, yeah. but also recognize that there will be people there like me who are waiting for you, who are cheering mm-hmm. you on, who want to see you in this space. But I'm not gonna lie to you and say there aren't people on the way who also don't wanna see you here, who yeah. don't want i then challenge challenged to ask the question, why don't they wanna see you there? What, yeah. what, in, what interest do they have in seeing you disempowered and disenfranchised? Mm-hmm. And, how, mm-hmm. and how does your current position either confirm and affirm the position you're already in? So I, I think- so I'm very intentional in talking to people who are in positions I once was in, You know, as a person who's been emancipated and estranged from the family, being responsible for my own income for several years. Yeah. I know what it's like to struggle. I know what it's like not to have means, but I also know what it's like to have hopes and dreams and, and believe that you know you one day can have material wealth, material good, that you can do more good in the world than harm. And I think that talking to who don't know, it's like think about the possibilities that are available for you. Um, and so like, it's baby steps. It's not just, it's not just like, you know, we're all gonna like one day like have, like people need to pay their rent. People need to buy yeah. food, buy groceries. I'm I'm here and I understand all those things, but I think two things can exist at once. That even while you're going through very excruciating, difficult time, you can maintain the hope that tomorrow might be better. All storms are yeah. out of right
0: Yeah. How do you find that strength within <laughs> you? No, really, I mean that like, you know, and I imagine it's not the same every day and sometimes it's mm-hmm. probably harder than others and sometimes there's probably periods that are harder than others, but where do you find that for you?
1: Community. Okay. Um, I have a really wonderful support network of friends that I've built over years um, from university, from work, from life, from nightclubs mm-hmm. in New York. <laughs> um, and. <laughs> And those and those have really shown up for me in difficult times. I'm grateful for them. But also, like I've learned over time that I'm my best partner. I'm my I'm my best support system. And like and so cultivating a real honest relationship with myself. And also like I'm a as I said I'm a believer. I believe in something bigger than myself. I have a faith um, and I practice that faith. Um, and I think that also gives me a grounding the sense that of like possibility and more is possible.
0: Yeah, touching on community. Because I know off this, we had kind of, you know, talked a little bit about that. Um, And I feel like in my mind, community goes into this idea of like a collective and Mm -hmm. collective power. Mm -hmm. And we kind of talked about this off the mic. I'd love to talk about collective power a little bit and what that is. And then I feel like in my brain, I'm like organizing all these thoughts, and I feel like, yes. I'm to like dive into yes. this combo. <laughs> well, you know,
1: Pluto, Pluto's in Aquarius. Yeah. It is, and, and if all the astrology girlies like me, we know that Pluto represents power and Aquarius represents the, the collective. So we're now mm-hmm. transitioning to a period of the power of the collective. Yeah. So this is a time in which we should be talking between people like you and I and people listening to this about the power that we hold by coming together. And I think um, that the work of our organization and also the work of my life is about helping people remember their individual power and how to harness individual power for collective good. How coming together and sharing resources can be used to, to, to create you know, affordable housing, um, access to healthcare um, and new jobs. It's not just about building individual wealth. So like investing private markets will line your pockets. Let's be clear, capitalism is about individual benefit, but I think it's also about cultural shifting as well. I was like, what would it Look like for lgbtq people as a group as a population to be collectively investing in companies and leaders and organizations that are built by and for them that are building and hiring people that support them and then evidently building our communities you know that's a real cultural and zeitgeist shift um so i'm intentional about that because i believe that we're stronger together, and as much as we can share resources and be open and honest about you know our, our you know our values, and let's be clear that like, we won't always get along, we won't always have the same vision. But I do think we have a common goal, and a common yeah. goal should be amongst all of us is that liberation, bodily autonomy, visions of hope and prosperity for everyone. Um, because yeah. how can we really be abundant and prosperous if people are struggling and unable to meet their own needs?
0: Yeah. So while you operate and while we all, frankly, operate in the systems that currently exist, which is a capitalistic structure that does line and value individual pockets Mm -hmm. over Mm -hmm. the collective, Mm -hmm. through your charity, through your organization, through the work that you are doing and arguably like the work that I strive to do in whatever spheres I'm in, like what do we have at our disposal? What do we have to work harder to cultivate to create this shift? What can we do to start to reimagine the possibility around working within the structure that exists for this new t- way of thinking with collective good in mind, would you say?
1: Now I get comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, we're, like, I okay. we're going there. <laughs> so how would, how would that work? I think people would have to be honest about the privileges that they hold first. Like they would have okay. to look at their own personal balance sheet and say, all right, compared to others, I hold this social ground privilege or this um, social privilege or, or a certain like capital, I think, privilege is a, a difficult word. Like what what um, position do I have in this world and how how does it benefit me and, and how might I leverage and give up that for the benefit of the whole? That's a really tall ask for most people. I think most they are honest, they're self-preserving. And they're self-interested and they're like, how does this benefit me? But I think what people are not seeing now, actually, they are probably seeing now is the effects of what happens when we focus too much on individualism. We're we're facing a climate crisis, frankly, that was built upon years upon years of individual capitalist greed. Right. You see so many industries that have a huge carbon footprint, you know, and. And even like individuals who are you know high earners who are impacting our climate ozone layers, I mm-hmm. I for one believe what would it look like for all of us to feel collective ownership for like shared responsibility? We had a masterclass in this couple of years ago during co- the COVID nineteen pandemic that some of us may have forgotten that like we yeah. quickly we all quickly learned it's going to take all of us to get yeah. on one accord to focus on the good, and I believe in the next ten years or so we might we might be faced some really tough. Economic conditions that 100%. require all of us to really think about how can I not burden it? Like how can I share in the wealth? Because yeah. it's gonna be a clear reckoning of people not <laughs> like where's my <laughs> I can't pay my rent I can't get a yeah. home I <laughs> think yeah yeah it's yeah. also just
0: like the gap I mean I'm not you know a financier human I'm not I didn't study economics in any way but if like, if we're looking at data and we're looking at trends, which I again don't do on the daily, um, <laughs> which maybe I should. I don't love that word, but you know, like maybe I maybe ignorance in this capacity is a choice on my end. Um, but you know, there used to really back in the day be a lower class, a middle class, an upper yes. class. Yes. And we did that that kind of like um distinction doesn't exist yeah. anymore. It just doesn't. You know, we look at I remember over the pandemic, specifically sitting on the couch and there was a um article that came out about um, Bezos. and there was a beautiful videogram that basically showed that like if you kept clicking a button to show his wealth in comparison to everyone else, you literally would just keep scrolling to the right, to the right, to the right, to the right, to the right for, for what felt like honestly ever. Like your mm-hmm. finger got sore from continuously seeing how much more wealth he has than even people who are considered really wealthy and just noticing how much money is possible and how it's not allocated, I'd argue, more equitably rather than yeah. equally. Um, you know, and how we've really, the the there isn't even like the scale of evenness. It's like we're, our scales are just totally a mess. And so as we are perhaps thinking in this collective mentality shift of like cool, in the most beautiful utopic, utopic worlds where we're all looking inward and we're owning who we are and and therefore stepping up or stepping back as needed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I just, I think about like resource allocation.
1: Yeah,
0: And if we're thinking about a group of people that are already coming from a place of I guess it's all perspective as I say this out loud, because I am talking this out loud, but like as a coming from a place of people maybe having less, Mm -hmm. but I guess that is in theory subjective. Like I'm thinking about less versus, you know, in comparison to like Jeff Bezos, but like that isn't even like a real comparison. And it's also like, do I even need that much if I am happy, content, satisfied, fulfilled with quote unquote? less because I'm actually surrounded by things that fill me as a human rather than the things that are told I need to have.
1: That's a tall order because I, what I'm hearing what you're saying is that like, there are people who are not even on the level of Jeff Bezos and we're asking them to give more versus, like let's be clear, That's, I think. Mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think, yes, I think it's both and, right? I think like there's this personal responsibility of those who are not Jeff Bezos who could give out, but I'm sure Jeff Which Bezos is is listening, yeah. and he's listening to this probably right now. I'm like hundred percent, okay,
0: clearly. <laughs> Yeah, I should, like oh i, I didn't make make know gift.
1: that i should make yeah. a gift i should make a gift and um, i'll send the wiring information later on je dead but as i think yeah. but as we think about this work um it's everyone all hands on deck right mm-hmm. i think as we're waiting for jeff to wire us the money um mm-hmm. <laughs> we also can think about how we can make our own gifts out to the community how we can give it's not just resource it's also time and talent you have skills that you could offer you have personality more you have relationships yeah. and i think that's the wealth of the human Experience that we all can offer. Let's be clear: there is literal resource because we live in a capitalist world that we do need dollars, we do need wires. <laughs> um, yeah. But but also, you have time, you have talent, you have connections, you have influence, and that can be used to help to further a mission, to further a cause that can uplift and help others at large. So that's that's what I'm, I'm getting at is that like you know, I think the first wave is yes, was will all be on equal footing and equity and and, sh- and shifting the conversation position of lack, one of prosperity. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that involves all hands on deck and everyone thinking about how much can I give a little bit more? Can I give like, am I really, if I asked you, ask you, the proverbial you, um, listening to this, if you, are you truly giving as much as you can give to any causes, you know, to any benefit to anything, how, how can I step up and do more? If even you know, it's like five cents or 50 yeah. cents or a dollar, like just anything you could give and how that will shift your own mindset as the individual say, you know, from a place of abundance, um, then when i lack. That can, I think that would have like a a seismic. You know, if everyone in the world gave a little bit, how would we? Yeah. How would our world look? Yeah. Uh,
0: I also love the idea, though, of it not just being financial, right? Obviously, yeah. you know, we're we're meeting in the space talking about venture capitalism and talking about like which I want to veer back to. And they're
1: not know. about giving. Let's be clear, that's transactions. That's correct.
0: Trans- <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Call it, and what it ownership.
1: Is. Is, it is. is is transactions? Is ownership? Is equity positions, like power and control. um and that's what that business is about and i think anyone who's in it is knows that because we know the law behind it um but but what we're talking about here is two different things about the economic tools and devices that can be used to to usher in a new type of living and quality of life for all people but also talking about the the heart of the matter of like what does it mean for people to give more Um, yeah
0: yeah. And that is the thing. I think for me, just thinking about it is like, what does it mean to give more? And you said it so beautifully of like, it. if you have the financial resources or even the ability to, yeah, give more, like 50 cents, great. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, cool, right now on that front, I'm struggling and actually I'll probably need to benefit from those financial resources, but I do have a little time or I do have, a, a, you know, a degree in insert here that allows yeah. for me to hold this kind of space, or I have um, an actual physical space that I can give for people to share the space. Yes. Um. And the, I love that idea of thinking about the way we show up and the way we give not exclusively and extensively being only in yes. the financial realm. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think about the community that I or the communities that I'm a part of and how so many of them are really interested in how can we better all of us Mm -hmm. together and um, reshifting the things that we're taught in these systems that we're brought up in for better or for worse. It's a consistent muscle that has to be trained and untrained and retrained in order to like remember that there are possibilities besides what we've been ta- taught <laughs> of like, mm-hmm. it doesn't only have to be this way. If we've all collectively decided to do things this way and create new spaces, this is a potential way of a possibility. Yeah.
1: And then may people listening to this today who are at the hearing and saying, all right, Tiana, all right, Jennifer, that sounds great, you know, I write a check, right. sure. But yeah, what we're, yeah. we're getting at something else. It's like, we're getting at the possibility that you listening to this might say, I'm gonna create a budget, a, a giving budget for myself. And in that budget, I'm going to allocate, yes, some monetary gift I can make to a charity, hopefully LGBTQ charity, because LGBTQ charities make 13 cents off of $100 given to charities on average. Okay. Um, <laughs> but beyond that, it's also like, I have these talents, I have these gifts, I have Mm -hmm. these relationships, and how can I find organizations in my community or nationally that I want to support and offer them to at no cost to them. And, but also what clear is that, let's be clear, everyone's gift has a price. When you give us the demand, you can ask the price for it. Mm -hmm. It's about creating that clear boundary of saying, I'll give up to this point, but across this threshold, that's where the price. Yeah. I'm not asking you to offer up everything they have. Let's create clear boundaries about what my okay. gift is and what I can offer you. But offer something, and I imagine just try it for a yeah. week or two and see how you feel. Because there's there might be listeners today who feel just so disempowered and mm-hmm. so disenfranchised, feel like I don't have anything to give, and and you might be surprised who you might meet on that journey. Other people yeah. like yourself and then you two might come together or you three or you five or you seven come together and you create something beautiful that you one day could change your perspective and also change your life as well yeah. um, in a material way. So um, just just give it a try. Uh, I know I'm asking for maybe No, something. no,
0: yeah. but I think that's a wonderful, A, like, you know, trial for oneself and just like the way you exist for a week. Mm-hmm. Um and also it's a shift that i think is a, even just contemplating what that could be or what that could mean allows for space for newness that isn't just the status mm-hmm. quo and also you know so many of us rightfully so are um going through a hard time mm-hmm. you know we've we are still in a version of pandemic Post pandemic, <laughs> epidemic. I mean, like we're in we're in this Trinit. trauma. We're in it. We are, you know. And it was a it was a collective trauma that the so- the system and society, Frank frankly, forced us to kind of get back on the hamster wheel really quickly, whether we were ready or not, mm-hmm. you know. And so, so many of us haven't really processed what all of that was let alone the impact of that on our bodies on our psyches on our emotions on our i mean on all of it you know and and that is a real thing let alone the fact that like on a global scale on a a national scale like things are really divided and taught, you know, and just <laughs> to, to put it very, very lightly not going there. Yeah. Um, you know, and then obviously on people's micro levels of how they're existing in their own personal spaces and their own personal trials and tribulations that they're going through, like there's a lot happening. And so I think just that being an offering of like, what can you give to yourself if you just think, okay, this is or it honestly it's like a really cool exercise i'm just going to like take it a step and riff off of it of like you sit home, at home and a piece of paper or you have a little notes app or a google doc or whatever it is and you write all the things that you're great at and all mm-hmm. the things that you love about your life and all the things that like you know the connections that you have and the resources that you might have and just like a full list of like self-love, not in like the woo-woo way and like a really like, no, I've had this degree and I studied these things and I'm really, really, I'm really great at trivia and I'm really great at, Mm -hmm. you know, I love dogs and whatever it is, you know, this whole list and then not um, being like, oh, this is, this doesn't matter because it's not, You know i can't i'm not it's not a transactional skill it's like don't write that off just yet like you don't necessarily know how these small little things that make up all of you are transferable or might be this like trade kind of thing that doesn't require a financial lift or that might Mm -hmm. be what a a space an organization a charity that you might become involved with actually needs to support what they're doing um i kind of love that as like a like a forget the like the the cons list of yourself. It's just the like, what do I have? What do I feel? What do I know? What do I believe? And what
1: is me? And what do you want to offer to the world? That's the next, it's it's like, I have all these gifts, all these talents, all these perspectives, all these things. And now like, now you realize on the balance sheet of your life, I have so much to give. Yes,
0: the balance sheet of your life. If you need a one sheet for your website, (laughs) I think that's like, you go into Canva and you're like, download my, (laughs) I love that. Literally like my balance sheet for my life. Like (laughs) how you go through that, yeah, the balance sheet of your life. I, I kind of think that I want to do that for myself, just (laughs) because no, but really, it's like it also is like a reminder that you can always go to when things are really hard to be like, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. Let me just let me touch base with like all the things of me and remind myself like because this little thing over here in this small part of my life is not going great. A reminder that there is all this other stuff that I can go back to and uplift.
1: And then even more so is like i'm using more financial terms here the portfolio the portfolio of your life They're like yes. you know you have your friends you have your lover or lovers you have you know your community your, your work that you do your passion your interest your vocation your avocation then you have the things that you give to your interests your hobbies like you have to create this life that is robust and diverse. And then one of the best things you can do as an investor is have a diversified portfolio. You can not be over-indexed in one sector. So like if you are all work and no play, yes, very boring. And it's like, if that job goes, honey, your life is yeah. flatlined. And that portfolio is like, whoop done mm-hmm. yeah but like if you have a good mix a good mix of all those things mm-hmm. you be also you come happier healthier and you also become more interesting um yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just one more thing yeah. um, and, you need, and you need that balance um and so i'm not one to say this prescription you have this description i think it's up to every individual to find out what works best for them but i think is everyone should have a mix and yeah. It helps and it makes that feels right for
0: them. Yeah. I also love that you're like, I need to do this through my terms of like, finance. I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't even have pulled the word portfolio out from anywhere. <laughs> like, you're like, and diversification. And no. I'm like, yes, please. I really think this is like a one sheet for you to build somewhere to okay. like, you know, be like, look, this is, this is my philosophy. I'm kind of obsessed <laughs> with it. Have you been using the same monologue for years and could use a new piece? Are you applying to BA, BFA, or MFA programs and need a monologue for that process? Are you simply someone who has no idea where to search for monologues? Well, lucky for you, I do what is called monologue sourcing in which I find monologues specifically chosen for you. So many artists use pieces based off external labeling for types and roles rather than find pieces sharing who they really are and what speaks to them. So, we meet virtually together, and you share with me who you are as a human. What you love, dislike, your values, beliefs, family, friends, love, politics, you name it. I will help guide you through this. Don't worry. And then I go off on my own, and I find you monologues chosen just for you that fit like a glove. I have been doing monologue sourcing for years as an extension of the coaching I do with artists, and I have found pieces in this way for over hundreds of artists thus far. So. If you are someone who wants to feel empowered about the monologues you bring into rooms and use for auditions, I would love to help you find them. And because you are a dedicated listener of the Empowered Artists Collective podcast, I want to provide you with a custom link to an exclusive rate when you check out today. Head to empoweredartistcollectivecom slash podcast promo to register. That's empoweredartistcollectivecom slash podcast promo. I cannot wait to find you monologues you absolutely adore. Okay, now venturing from here into the marriage then of, I guess, my world and your world a little bit, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's like why we're in this space, which is how the arts, I I don't represent the arts, but I'm coming from that world, how the arts and money or, you I don't know, represent the world, but I come from exactly, the world. <laughs> exactly. But that's what I mean. Like, we're not representing, we are, uh, we are a small little thing in the space. Um, but how these two huge mm-hmm. categories that we all interact with in some capacity, whether we want to or not, whether you define yourself as an artist, whether you define yourself as somebody who, I, I mean, there's many for like who you could be in the world of finance, but like as somebody who, investor, great. Um, How do we begin A, supporting each other better, Mm -hmm. B, creating more ways to overlap, C, I'm just riffing here, like uh, ways for us to actually uplift one another, um, I guess for me, and I think that's ultimately like why we're here having this conversation, is like, and especially obviously recognizing like specifically the LGBTQIA plus community. Like how do we really begin bridging this? Or what are some ways in this little conversation we're having right now that we can I love this. I love this
1: because I'm gonna say what I believe that Yes, please. There's no us and them. There's no you or me is all me like so the idea that you're over there in art world and i'm over here in finance world that's not true we're all here together in one world and i believe that i had a conversation with a philanthropist last week or so and um, i was talking to her about the work that we do and um, i read to her our mission statement that can we, you say it
0: out loud just so that yes. we can hear it?
1: So, our mission statement is LGBTVC's mission is to ignite LGBTQ economic prosperity through the transformative power of venture capital. Um, our vision we seek to be the world's best in class provider of education and opportunity for LGBTQ investors and a leading voice in education, advocacy, and research related to LGBTQ finance. Now, what was interesting, um, the opportunity was investors because that philanthropist, the, the uh, the person who worked at a very uh, well-known foundation, she said, the word that tripped her was "investors." Interesting, because investors can mean: Are you speaking about investment professionals who work at these billion-dollar funds? Are you talking about, or are you talking about individuals? And to mm-hmm. me, I believe every human being is an investor.
0: Mm, tell me more.
1: And, and you invest not just your money, but your time and your talent. Yeah. And to your question earlier, I believe every human being is an artist. Every mm-hmm. human being is a person who creates an artistic life. You dress every day. You are expressing yourself the way how you use your hand gestures, the tone of your voice, what words you choose. You're making art even right now. This is artwork we're making together right now, this conversation. 100%. This is art and science. And so <laughs> I don't see those things as disparate, okay. as, as disconnect and mutually exclusive. I believe that all people possess in them different aspects of their personality. And so... Yeah. And as your question earlier, how do you bring these worlds together? It's recognizing that I am you, I'm Jennifer, unless you are Tiana. Like we are, and you are an investor. You may not, under, you may, you probably see yourself ex- externalized and say like, oh, yeah. that person there is an investor. They know about this thing. Right. But you know, if you do have a 401k and a Roth IRA, a retirement fund, a, just a mutual fund, you invest a little bit in stash app on Acorns, you're an investor. Sorry to break it to you, listener. (laughs) You're not an investor. I'll give you a certificate. That's that's if you want an official one. But if you have done anything in the public or private markets and put even a dollar in, you're an investor. And even beyond that, the moment you decided to go to school or to go on a date with someone or go to the store, you're investing your time, your energy in something, right? Like it's about shifting your perspective to realize I am already an investor and like, there isn't this gate. And I think there's so many people in positions of power who would want you to feel like you couldn't be, and you aren't already one. And right. it's about shifting your perspective to realize like, wait, I'm already in this practice. Now, there's a degree, there's a spectrum. (laughs) There's a spectrum of investors, but you're on that spectrum. It isn't a binary of like, you cross this threshold and now you're an investor. I believe that every human being has something to invest and therefore you are an investor. And that, uh, but also goes to like the artist question about like, how do you handle worlds? Like investors have to realize that artists artists have built investors and recognize there's a shared mutual interest and benefit of us doing work together and sharing the talents they're in. Because there's an art to investing as much as mm. there's a science to it. And artists have to invest their time, oh, yeah. <laughs> their talent, and also resources to make oh, yeah. their product into the world. So I, and they need, I don't know, I, I just don't see them as disparate, as disconnected.
0: Yeah, I I hear that. I love that. I also, I think, <laughs> I also, I'm, no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm owning my own biases or whatever, or, you know, whatever. And that I think for myself, and I'll own just me in this conversation because I cannot speak on behalf of every artist ever. But for me, it's like, you know, when you've been told so many times that you're not good at something, you start to believe it. Or you've been told so many times that you don't belong somewhere, you start to believe it. And when you've been told so many times that, um, things are just separate because they have to be. You start to believe it. And I mean, a huge reason why this podcast exists is because I don't want to continue believing it. And I don't believe that that is something that I should believe. And I've only been told that, and that is frankly dumb and um capitalism. so yeah. um and the systems and all the things. but, yeah. but, There is a part of me that, like, you know, I think not knowing enough makes me feel like I can't claim a title. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. like, yes, if I have a Roth IRA or if I have a retirement, Mm -hmm. whatever, or if I, you know, I, I, I might not know the full ins and outs of it, or I don't have a degree in it, or I haven't been trained in it. And therefore, how can I call myself something that I, you know, I have a master's in acting. I can call myself an actor. And honestly, yeah. if I didn't have that, I can also call myself that. If I just believe yeah. I'm an artist, I'm still an artist. But because in the world that we live in, me saying I have an MFA in acting, somehow, therefore, to all the other people, they're like, oh, she actually knows what she's talking about, even if I didn't have that. But like for the what it means in society, Now I'm verified in what I do. But if I were to invest and have all these things that you had mentioned that would make me an investor, or even if I was thinking about it and taking those beginning steps, I don't know enough to be like, because I've done this, I am an investor. How do I shift that though? You know what I mean?
1: Let me tell you a secret. I'm ready. (laughs) Oh, I'll tell you a couple of secrets. Please. One. The people that you think are investors don't know what they're doing to begin with 100
0: yeah. percent, yes so
1: that's Same. the first thing
0: no is, one does really no clearly. one no one even knows no what they're
1: doing and they they don't have first of all because if they knew what they were doing they would be the wealthiest people on the planet They would so they actually don't know as much they know something they know a little bit more but also i think you actually are an astute investor because an astute investor knows what they don't know <laughs> yeah. they know they know that there's more to know you know there's more to learn and so there are people listening to this who are saying like i agree with jennifer i'm not an investor i'm an artist and that's like an identity uh position right and that's something else right like a form of identity like i identify as an artist i don't advise an investor I'm not asking everyone to shift and say, "I'm no longer an artist; I'm an investor," or is that, "I'm an artist; I'm an investor now." I'm an artist. Right. I'm asking you to take on different aspects of a personality that you now have multitudes of perspective, multitude of interests that you they can use to your own benefit, hopefully the benefit of others around you, your community, your family, your loved ones in the world mm-hmm. that you can you can be so many things, you're not just one thing. And also the the issue of external validation Mm -hmm. (laughs) and confirmation that I'm hearing, the bit of like, oh, I I have these um, external signifiers that validate, you know, like I have a degree, I have these, I've had these jobs. If you're mindful of that you are those things because of who you are and those things are just reflection of that belief in them being validated on the world and not the mm-hmm. other way around not like mm-hmm. this thing came and now i'm this but no you were first that thing and now this external thing validates that what you already knew yes it takes your power back to saying like you know because regardless of things come or not you know yourself that I am an investor, I am an artist, and nothing outside of me can ever take that away from me, nor give that to me. And Mm. anything I'm experience in, whether that be school or professional work that I believe will validate, that's for everyone else. That's for the world to see it. But this is this is about me growing, edifying myself, because hopefully we do things not just to have validation, but we do things because we believe it will grow us, that will give us new, new skills, new perspectives.
0: Yeah, I love that shift. Because it's like, yeah, I and you're a hundred percent right. It's like, if I identify as this thing, then I am that thing. And even if I'm a beginner of the identification that I'm putting on myself, I'm gonna keep growing in it. It's like, if I really want to call myself an investor and I recognize that currently I'm able to invest of my time and energy, mm-hmm. then I'm still an investor. And if maybe in a day or six years, I'm able to give other kinds of resources yes. of myself, then I'm still an, inv- I love that shift. I think it's a baby it.
1: shift. It's a you know, like, I'm not it. again, I'm not expecting everybody to be investing a million dollars the us so yes. like, No, that's not the saying. It baby steps, baby steps. Yeah. That's why we started with the balance yeah. sheet portfolio. Yeah. Like we're going to do bait. <laughs> we're gonna start using these terms openly cuz we want to remove the yeah. veil and make it yes. simple. Yes, um, because like yes. like there's so like there are people who are invested, use that word here, in you not knowing. There are people 100%. investing invest in you being ignorant. and <laughs> I mean, part. you feeling this not franchise. And, and I would hope that people listen to me feel angry about that yes. <laughs> and feel like, you know, Spike can be a great motivation. Like, you know, I know there are people who don't want me to know this and people who yes. don't want me to share this information with you and hoping that you won't feel inspired by this and one day decide to change your life and that yes. you will stay in your position. So I hope that, you know, you will shift, but like I recognize that not everyone will sign up for that. And yeah. some people like, because of life circumstances or where their own position to say like, you know, this is where it is and I'll stay, but hopefully, you know, they'll come back to this podcast, come back to like, yeah. you know, change yeah.
0: it. Oof. These are little truth bombs being dropped left and right. <laughs> I am here for it. I I also am more curious within more specifically the charity that y'all are doing. Yes. What are you hoping for in collaboration with artists in, as you would continue expanding the work that you're doing, the opportunities that you're um, giving, what are some of the things that you are envisioning with the overlap?
1: Narrative. Um, I think something, I actually studied film in college. My, my my education and my background, I didn't study economics or finance yeah. or business accounting, nothing. I studied cinema, television, and emerging media studies. So you can get even more, even more liberal arts, C4C than that. I love it. Uh, I love <laughs> and it. I hope that we'll find more ways to hone narrative. And what does that mean? I think that yeah. there should be productions of- about this thing. I think there should be productions, like theatrical productions, on on screen, off screen, uh, productions of of like what it's mean to be in the finance world, or what does it mean and like, the- and not just like the boring, stereotypical like Wall like Wolf of Wall Street. I'm talking about right. true narratives of people changing their lives, changing the communities. Because I think people are ready for those type of narratives, and also like those people who, who made, who cut through the father who cut through the cut through the difficulty of life to to share and benefit others I, that really excites me because I mm-hmm. think that there, again this conversation the way this conversation has just blossomed so beautifully, I think is evident of like the broader the bottle water we're swimming in that we know 100%. that there aren't enough narratives out there. people like you and I have conversations like this today. And so as much yeah. as artists can cultivate and tell those stories and share them with the masses, I think we will because I think art is a way to change culture. And we need yeah. both like infrastructure of the work that art to is doing, but also artists to help tell the narrative and push the envelope.
0: I love that. How do you recommend say, like, I had a story that I did this? Mm-hmm. I wrote a short film and I'm love I'm wanting for it to be produced. And actually what I need are financial investors or people that maybe have, you know, different kinds of resources for me to create this film what are some things that you feel are helpful tools for me to reach to people who are more in your land than my land
1: there is a wonderful um website called kickstarter Mm -hmm. um which i i know that Mm -hmm. number of my friends who are artists have used to finance Mm -hmm. and fundraise for the art projects that's one there's like indiegogo is another one indiegogo but i think but i think that one probably the first i would think too if you're talking about just table sticks financing your art project, right? You want to get off the ground. Um, but then also there are a number of art artists in finance communities like um, philanthropic groups. So um, in New York City, there's the Leslie Lohman Museum. And I think they have a, a really robust community of philanthropists who support the museum, who may be interested in supporting emerging art. I'm talking mm-hmm. more like visual visual artists yeah, or art installations. Yeah. Um, there's also a group called Queer Art, which is another really well-known, and not-for-profit organization that supports emerging LGBTQ artists in New York mm-hmm. City. I'm, I'm, I, I know that this is a national, international podcast. So people listening are like, I'm not New York. Sorry, this is my <laughs> whole view. Sorry, I'm just kidding.
0: Never, <laughs> no, but is Google is also a place. Google's a place. <laughs>
1: yeah, but those yeah. are some that I think of immediately that come to mind about artists to find resources and re- resources. I mean, like, yes, dollars help fund your artwork, but also um. There is another artist residency program, actually, that one of my close friends, who's a part of our work, um, it's called the Silver Arts Project. Mm-hmm. Um, they they do artist residencies, again, visual performing artists, um, and it's based in New York City. And they give artists actual space to produce artwork. So mm-hmm. those are three organizations, like Les Momin, yeah. probably For. Like, once you have your work, you can be in a museum, queer art, more so like developing art, artists, Silver Arts Project, um, with also in New York, I think it's really well known and doing great work. Um, yeah. But then K- Start Indiegogo, probably just like the table sticks for yeah. fundraising.
0: What um, about for like meeting folks in your world? Right. I feel like mm-hmm. so often a lot of this comes to relationships, right? And it's like you have to start somewhere, you know, like you and I are new to each other. And yeah. now this is like the blossoming of a new relationship, which I'm really pumped and excited about. And, you know, but how do other folks start to meet people in these other spaces? Are there um, you know, or maybe is your charity ever at one point going to like do a mingle or so, you know, like, yeah. are there places yeah. that are doing this? Yeah, I
1: would love that. I would love to do a mingle. We, we did one actually during our um, summit week this past June in New York City on the last day, we had a five day summit, we had over 500 participants. Um, we That's partnered right. with Microsoft, um, the United Nations and Amazon and a number of other wonderful corporate and financial partners, law firms, county firms like that. And the last day of our summit was a res- private reception, which we brought in. Queer artists, queer visual artists, and they also display the work from really well-known um, art gals like Hauser and Worth and others to talk about their artwork and like the means to them because finance world and art world oftentimes do have overlap. More so, visual artists yeah. like painters, um, sculptors, and etc. But also, there's I'm reading a really interesting book now by um, an investor um, who founded the firm Graycroft called No Red Lights, and he talks about his over 50 years of investing in VC, that he was a financier for a number of Broadway productions. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I think you an artist or someone who is working in the theatrical world who wants to get their off-Broadway production financed. They might want to be familiar with organizations like mine and others because they might meet potential backers, angels for their productions. Exactly, Um, People have shared interests and interests outside of their day-to-day work. And some people want to tap into their creative outlets. And you'd be surprised how many investment bankers want to in Broadway and want to do, <laughs> do, yeah. do, 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 do work. And so, but they can't leave their desk job, but they will happily like support your, your project. If, you know, if, if it meets within like their own thesis of the work that they want to support. So, yeah. um, but you, but you wouldn't know that unless you're piling, going into spaces where you feel like you're the outside. Exactly. So I'm encouraging those listening to this who are like, I'm artists, I've worked, it's like you need to go into your neighbor community and find people that you wouldn't normally talk to and 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 find the courage within yourself to say like, hey, I am valid, I'm okay, like I am okay as I am, and I have this talent, this unique perspective, and I, I'm okay to be in this space. And people might be like, yeah. like, oh, why are you here? But like, I'm here because I want to meet new people, and I want to learn new things, and I want to yeah. be like you, and I want to share my talent with other people. Yeah. Um, And so
0: try it i feel like as i'm sitting here and this is how my you know creative brain works and i'm an ideas gal that's just like who i am i'm just like all i want to do now is create this really cool mixer Mm -hmm. i really and maybe you and i kiki about this off mic of like yeah getting these folks who really really like actually are curious and wanting and um desiring relationships across these what feels like two disparate worlds that really do have crazy overlap and also frankly shared interest and um uh can really help each other a lot Mm -hmm. um without like putting the pressure of transaction on it i really think there is something to taking away the veil of um, you are so different, and I am so different, and we have nothing to talk about by just like having a bunch of folks in a room who all have shared and, and expressed some sort of interest in the other part of it and then seeing what happens. I don't know what it is. I haven't created oh, this. No, no. This I, have a couple. Of, I
1: have a couple ideas actually how that might show great. up. What we offline of that? That'd be great.
0: <laughs> Done. Yeah. And if somebody's listening and they're like, wait, this is inspiring me. I also have an idea for this, or I know a person or whatever, then like this is the start of the thing. And this is exactly what we're talking about, which is like, mm-hmm. how are we creating the change? Um. As we begin to wind down our time, and I know we bounced around so much, um, is there anything that's like on your heart or your mind that we didn't touch on um, or that maybe you wish that you had known or something, something somebody told you once that has is just like the way that you see the world that allows you to fully show up? Just like anything that like as we're winding down that might be floating yeah. around for you.
1: One thing I want to make sure that we talk about is that money, um, money has money has as much power as we give it, and mm-hmm. and the emotional power of money and how um, money can be weaponized against people. Um, yes. There's the real thing called financial abuse, and so some people listening to this might might feel like that's the area of my life which I just I just I don't look at my bills I don't I don't look at so I just head in the sand I don't want to deal mm-hmm. with it, um, and that's valid and I think that. People should as much as they can find communities of support to talk about those issues, to find peers who can help walk through that. What I'm what I'm hoping is that from our conversation today, people feel inspired to explore horizons they've yet they've dismissed, frankly. Mm-hmm. That they thought, you know, this is beyond my reach, this is beyond my beyond my my warehouse. I can't do this. And they're willing to pick up the book pick up the podcast, pick up something and decide like, I'm just going to try 30 seconds today, 15 seconds. Let's do just a little bit and just Google a tournament. Tiana said something that I really don't understand. I'm looking more, I'm going to investopedia.com. And I'm gonna look up these terms she referenced. I'm gonna learn just a little bit more, just so I have some command over this. Um, because at the end of the day, this work is about confidence and it's about also about you know your own personal power and recognizing that like anything that you have externally first begin internally. And before mm-hmm. you get <laughs> before you can go out in the world and have like this power that you now see, you had to cultivate that internally. And I'm hoping that you know the conference today can help push people to the place like they begin to cultivate that work, empower for good, <laughs> <Yes>. for good, <laughs> for good. Yes, <laughs> not, for, not for evil.
0: <laughs> yeah, if we gotta. It's, it's crazy that we have to caveat that now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like that. Like, that should just be the baseline, but we have but to no. say it. <laughs> like,
1: for good. Huh? Yes, not for your bottom line. For good. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I am so grateful for you showing up in this space the way that you have, for being willing to go on this journey, Um, and more importantly for being – I know you you probably don't see it like this, but I'm going to reflect what I've experienced of you is just – and I know we're really trying to say that like they are one and the same, but really you you are a bridge um, in a space that really does feel, and I'll own myself, so inaccessible Mm -hmm. and so um, far away and removed and sometimes really harmful and painful to my world and i i'm so grateful that there are people like yourself who are really trying to shift that narrative who are actively doing things to make the world in no hyperbole a better place and mm-hmm. a more equitable and and uh like just like habitable <laughs> society um, to show up more fully and to be brave in all of the things and to own all of all of who we are um, so that we can continue coming together, creating community for this collective good so that we can shift the world that we live in and have access to more and abundance. And so thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, I'm so excited for this being the beginning of whatever our journey is together. Um but I also, you know, hope that for anybody who's listening, um you know, Tiana's bio and information will be in our show notes so please check out the work, but I, I'm, I'm excited for people to also just know that people like you exist, <laughs> you know? And as you said, like if you don't even see somebody who is doing the thing, you don't know that they are there, then who is your role model to aspire towards or can you even see possibility in that? And it's like you are that for so many. And so thank you is my long
1: spiel. Well, well thank you for the invitation. It does mean a lot that you extended your, your home, like this podcast, your platform yeah. to me and helping to, to share our, our message. So it means so much. Thank you.
0: Yeah, for anybody who wants to work with you, who perhaps wants to invest, yes. who perhaps wants to learn more, who wants to give of their time or energy, or just, you know, see how they can collaborate more with you, where within your boundaries can people? Well, Jeff Bezos,
1: <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> if you're still listening, um, we haven't scared your way yet. Yeah. Uh, find us at lgbtvc.org. Um, and I'm also on all social platforms. So Tiana, Naomi, Tukes on Insta. I'm not really on that other app with the bird. We're formerly at the border anymore. I'm not mm-hmm. on that. Um, But yeah, those are great places to reach out. Um, but yeah, I'd say the best place to reach out is probably through our lgbtvc.org because we have forms, assignment information, to sign for newsletter, and we're pretty successful through there.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jennifer. If something in this episode resonated with you, and more importantly, if this podcast means something to you, it would mean the most to us if you would leave us a positive review. This means the most in podcast land and allows us to continue creating these episodes for you weekly. If you are not yet doing so, please follow us on Instagram at Empowered Artists Collective, on TikTok at Empower Artists Collective, more on our website at EmpoweredArtistsCollective.com. If you are seeking some fun, cute merchandise, we have that link for you in the show notes. As always, I am so endlessly grateful that you keep on coming back and we will be back again next week. Until then.